0: is Fans on the Run, a podcast
1: made
0: by, for, and about Beatles fans. And now, here's your host, Ethan Alexanian. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. Uh, I'm your omnipotent host, Ethan Alexanian, back for another week. And with us um, this week is uh, known to some as the queen of all Beatles media, Miss Kit O'Toole. Kit, thank you for coming on.
1: Oh, my pleasure, Ethan.
0: This is uh, really an honor to be on. Is it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it's an honor for me to be on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this little ramshackle
1: podcast. Hey, I'm always up to talk Beatles and,
0: and all that stuff. Talk more talk, so to speak.
1: That's indeed.
0: Talk more talk. speaking of talk more talk you host a beatles video podcast called talk more talk i
1: do indeed i uh host uh talk more talk along with uh tom hanyadi ken michaels um mean mr mayo may know him from uh, youtube he's a longtime <laughs> youtube channel uh, joe mayo uh we call him along with uh ken womack who also i i know has been on this show as well <laughs> uh, and uh ken joins us when he can as we know
0: he's about the busiest man you can possibly imagine that still um, makes me wonder how i was able to get him as my second guest
1: I know. I mean, he, I, I don't, maybe he clones himself. I'm, re- ah. I'm really not sure. <laughs> I'm really not sure. But, uh, yep, we do a, a month, uh, actually it's a bi-weekly uh, video cast and you can also, on uh, Facebook Live, we do it live uh, every other week, uh, every other Monday, actually, at uh, 9 e- uh, p.m. Eastern and then uh, I upload it onto YouTube, and there's also an audio-only version, and you can find that on Podbean and virtually any other uh, podcasting service you, you know, you use. And we talk about the solo Beatles years. We, of course, bring up the Beatles, oh, you know every once in a while <laughs> maybe a little more than that but we mainly focus on the solo years and it's been a lot of fun to do we just did our 40th episode and uh, and oh thank you very much <laughs> and uh, and as you know Ethan we also have done some live episode live in- person episodes um, on uh, you know at Beetle fest uh, or fest for Beatles fans whatever you'd like to call it I made and- a
0: cameo appearance at as a rowdy audience member,
1: you certainly did, and then helped out uh, Ken Womack during a live uh, trivia show that, uh, that Ken and I did with the one and only Mark Lewison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's where we first met, and uh, and it was a lot of fun. So we've been, uh, you know, we've done some of those. We've done some conference appearances. Ken, and I his- love you. I blessed. saved
0: your ass in that question. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
1: yes you did indeed I mean it was it was such a good time and so uh, uh, yeah so you know want to check us out as I said every other Monday 9 p.m Eastern uh, you can uh, watch us on Facebook live and you can even participate in the discussion we love to have uh, people give you know make comments and, and ask questions and it's a it's a very interactive show mm-hmm. so uh,
0: so come on and join us since he mentioned his name I'd like to give a special shout out to Tom Hunyadi, who uh, yesterday evening sent me um, some very kind words of encouragement about this uh, newly christened podcast, offering support. And um, yeah, I just, it really made my night. And hopefully, somewhere down the road, he'll be on the show. Um, and yeah, I just, a big thank you. It really brightened tr- my day. He's
1: a terrific guy, and he has his own uh, podcast, which is also a video. The Two thing, Legs. Too, uh, two Legs,
0: yep, about Paul McCartney's catalog. So <laughs> another great show to check out. And in general, to all of you out there who have listened so far to the previous episodes and who have like liked my YouTube videos, thank you. It means a lot to me that this... A uh, tiny, cheap little podcast from my bedroom is making some people's days brighter, even though there is one dislike on the Ken Womack video, oh. and that really, for some reason, got to my head. I'm like, what, what did I do wrong? Don't worry about it. We've gotten some dislikes on on the,
1: you know, Talk More Talk videos and, yeah. you know whatever (laughs) you can't you can't please everybody but i just want to say too i'm so glad you started
0: this this podcast i mean well i I couldn't have done it without you and your support and advice
1: oh no well i was so glad you know because i really like that you know there are so many of the voices coming into the beatles community now and i particularly like Getting younger voices in there, different perspectives, because, you know, I think for a long time, and I love first generation perspectives, we need yeah. them, you know, yeah. they were there. We get it. <laughs> you know, We want to hear that. But there are other perspectives, too. Yeah. We need to hear from second generation and, and
0: further on. Those I don't even us- know what generation I am.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure, and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of debate about you know because I've been called second generation, and then others have told me no, no, you're really third. And I mean, it's there's a lot of debate about it, but you know, but the fact of the matter is that that those of us who you know I, I'll tell you, I'm a I'm a longtime writer for Beetle Fan Magazine, mm-hmm. and. And I wrote a piece years ago about Sergeant Pepper, and it was, um, it was probably must have been the 50th anniversary. And I wrote, mm-hmm. a, no, it was the 40th anniversary. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we were right, you know, publishing an issue celebrating it. And I said, could I write um, an article about the 40th anniversary and my impressions of the album? Because of course I wasn't around when it first came out. So fine. So I wrote this article. And I got a couple of reactions from certain first-generation fans who said, well, that was nice, but of course you weren't there. Yeah, which that's and, kind of uh, uh, condescending. Exactly. And I thought, well, sure, I, I wasn't there, but that doesn't mean I can't speak about it. I mean, if, if the, you know, we're going to go by that, well, then we might as well have no more books on Mozart Mm-hmm. um you know Beethoven because we weren't there <laughs> I mean yeah, yeah that's I mean that's ridiculous of course we're going to continue to have books on on different artists yeah. and written by people who quotes weren't there I'm you know and so that's why I, I was so excited when you you know messaged me and and talked about this you know doing this because we need different perspective Perspectives. We need different voices because we want the Beatles to continue, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, that's, and be different That's the theme of the show, generations. different perspectives right. of different fans. Exactly, exactly. So I'm really, you know, really excited that you're doing this.
0: Thank you. I became a Beatles fan in a very... Because you just kind of reminded me when you're talking about generations, a very specific time frame, which is very funny. It was after the 2009 big remasters, but before the 2010 red and blue CDs got reissued. It interesting. Was, and I, it was right before they got onto iTunes as well. So.
1: Oh wow! Okay, that was an interesting time.
0: Yeah. To become a fan, in... wow! So it's I. I grew up with the Beatles in uh, in a primarily internet way, but yeah. um, the only Beatles songs I had in my iTunes when I was like first starting was the. Uh, do you remember the Capitol albums uh, CD set?
1: Oh sure, I remember that. Yeah, Absolutely. volume
0: one was on our computer with you know Meet the Beatles second album. So on and so forth. So Absolutely. I, in a weird way, I actually grew up with those weird Dave Dexter Jr. stereo mixes.
1: Sure. <laughs> wow. Interesting. So, yeah, so you kind of, yeah, you came at it in
0: a couple of different ways. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, this is unrelated to the Beatles, but you and I also have something else in common. Oh, yeah? Uh, a common love of Michael Jackson. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, okay, so I'll um, tell I'll let the listeners in on a little secret. Back in grade two, I was known at my school as mini Michael Jackson because I would dance like him. Oh. And um, you know, I was an obsessive Michael Jackson fan. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's
1: wonderful. I had
0: every Michael Jackson CD. Oh um, wow. I even had like import CDs. Wow, so you were hardcore. I was hardcore. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And on That's... that note, what is your favorite Michael Jackson album?
1: Oh, oh, easy. Off the wall. Oh. Absolutely. Okay. That is my favorite. Um and work of I, art on Quincy this... Jones' part. Yep, I I'm a, I'm a huge Quincy Jones fan too, and mm-hmm. I you know off the wall okay, and and I have to admit this too that that was probably one of my first, not the first, but one of my first non kitty albums that I ever owned. Yeah,
0: so not like Muskrat Love or right. you know, <laughs> Disco Duck.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, this was, I think the first, the very first non-kitty record I ever owned was Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of
0: Life. I That's think a that great was, album.
1: Yeah, oh, and I still love it to this day. But probably like right you know, not long after, well, probably a couple of years after that, was off the wall. I remember I bought it at Sears, <laughs> which of course,
0: back when Sears had a record department, or and, as uh, is the case here in Canada, back when Sears existed.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's Sears. It's on on the way out here, and uh, back. On, it's on its last legs. And I remember buying it, you know, with my parents, and uh, and you know, my parents were with me, and um, I absolutely loved that album and i still do um it's it's just i think uh uh you know it melts pop r&b um disco uh you know because this is 1979 so disco was still big and and, you know even under quincy jones's influence a little jazz in there and to this day i think artists like justin timberlake the weekend you know they're still trying to match it and
0: uh just haven't done it. <laughs> I find myself particularly partial to uh, uh, bad and dangerous. Uh, the uh, you know, really what? I, synth heavy. Yep. Uh,
1: I I think Dangerous has aged quite well. I really do. Has. And at the time, it didn't really get a lot of respect. I I remember, da- you know, the critics were kind of on eh, Dangerous. It's, and I think when you listen to it now, mm-hmm. I I think it has aged remarkably well and and i think like particularly some of the sound effects that were mm-hmm. used um it's a know, work board... of new
0: jack swing perfection i love it New is. jack swing
1: you bet it it was absolutely... teddy
0: teddy riley's fingerprints are all over it
1: you bet they are and and it was yeah it was new jack swing at at its finest all the and then the sound effects and all. i mean you know like timbaland and in you know the t- uh, mid to Thousands on, I mean, with Missy Elliott and all that. I mean, he was using all that stuff. Well, Dangerous was their first. <laughs> I mean, they were using, you know, I mean, it's it's really great. And so, okay, I guess it's time to plug myself again. Uh, I wrote, uh, we're uh, talking about this. I wrote a, a book on uh, Michael Jackson, and I've got to get you a copy if you uh, don't have one already, Ethan. Oh, um,
0: uh, I do wrote... not have a copy.
1: Oh, okay. Then I've got to, I will definitely, uh, I will get you one. Um, oh. I wrote a book called Michael Jackson FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the King of Pop, and uh, came out in 2015, and it's all about um, his music, his dance, Um, and it's not a biography. You know, I always tell people this is
0: strictly about his art. Mm-hmm. Um, strictly about that it's not biographical if you um, sa- if you give me the book can you also give me an extra bookshelf i'm running out <laughs> of space for books
1: oh tell me about it you should have my office i have to get another bookshelf myself oh my gosh it's just, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy it really i I hear you on that unlike and, records
0: where i i continually buy them regardless of whether i have the space or not i know um <laughs> with books it's like as i'm buying it in the store it's like Really sure this is a good idea? Where are you going to put it? Where are you going to put it, Ethan? Where are you going to put it? (laughs) But you just do it anyway, because you just, you you have to have it, you know? It's the thrill of the hunt.
1: I, I hear you. I absolutely hear you. But
0: uh, although but, yep, I I, I am more it's... of a record guy than a book guy.
1: Yep, absolutely. I hear you. But uh, but yep, it's on Amazon, and uh, yeah, I and mean, you can read all about it. And yes, I go in in depth into all his albums, uh, and and of course back in the Jacks from the Jackson Five until his death. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was really uh, an interesting uh, book to do to really do a deep dive into his music and his dance go well, his
0: growth as a dancer and and. Just what an incredible performer he was, and to all the people who um, wh- who haven't bought Kit's book, why, or uh, I, <coughs> why you want to trip on me? <laughs> For a second, I forgot the name of the song, and I thought this is going to fall flat on its face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what the punchline of the joke is <laughs> as I'm finishing the setup. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to try and put the train a little bit back on its tracks. Okay. And um, change the subject from one dead guy to uh, another two to three dead guys, depending on who you're talking to. Okay. Yeah, because he may have died in the car crash in 66. May have all been covered up if you play it backwards. Well, yeah. You know. All right, so, Kid O'Toole, when did you first hear the Beatles? Well,
1: the, the first time. Now, th- this is not when I became a fan, but mm-hmm. probably the first time. It actually wasn't the real recordings, but I was lucky enough to be brought up in a house with music. My, my father um, was and is uh, a, not a professional musician, but um, he uh, was a self-taught uh, guitarist, and he had also, uh, when, it, when uh, he was younger, he played drums, uh, bass, and uh, when he was younger, he, uh, even younger, he played the saxophone. And so when, you know, he would come home from work and everything, he would, you know, get on his guitar and, and play. And, and then at our local church, he led uh, the guitar mass. And so and and uh, a number of high school, local high school kids would play in the guitar group. And so they would all come over and rehearse and all. So if if he wasn't playing Okay, I'm going to really date myself here. If he wasn't playing his eight tracks, (laughs) this was the 70s now, eight tracks or, you know, records, he was playing stuff live here.
0: I'm still waiting for the eight track revival.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it just just hasn't happened yet, you know? I mean, it, it just hasn't. So, you know, so I grew up. With music all the time, and among the things that my my dad would play on guitar were Beatles songs, Mm -hmm. and so you know he would play um, you know like Let It Be, Yesterday. Norwegian Wood, he particularly liked because he's he's a big jazz fan, and, and jazz artist really liked uh, Norwegian Wood. That's a particular song that jazz artists tend to gravitate towards. So he used to play that. Um, so that was my first brush with the Beatles. But of course, you know, being younger and all, I mean, you know, you don't always like stuff your parents like. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's stuff. So, you know, I grew up in the um, as I said, the 70s and then going into the 80s, I was into 80s pop. I mean, we're talking Duran, Duran, Wham, <laughs> Michael Jackson, um, you know, people like that. So
0: I was oh old- no. Oh, you just made me really depressed. Very off topic. Um, yep. I have concert tickets to see the joint New Order and Pet Shop Boys tour. Oh, that, and no. it's probably going to be canceled. It's in oh, September. Oh, no.
1: Oh shoot. And by the way, I should say that, yeah, I am not putting down 80s music as I'm still a big 80s music yeah. fan. <laughs> I mean, you know, I get sick of people putting down 80s music. So I totally you know i totally feel you on that because i mean yeah that's the stuff i grew up with (laughs) absolutely so so yeah i yeah that stinks oh boy
0: it's that concert and and the craftwork concert i was going to are probably going to be canceled oh
1: wow Oh boy. That's, and I actually, this year with uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I, I voted for Kraftwerk. I so think did they I. Be in there.
0: Yeah. If I may they, speak candidly, I voted with five alternative accounts. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Get, trying to get Kraftwerk in. I
1: think they deserve it. Absolutely. They, do. Yeah. they were hugely influential. I'm, I'm the I'll, operator I'll keep voting with my, my pocket
0: calculator. Yep. <laughs> she's a model and she's looking good.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, so, absolutely. So, um, but, uh, but, yeah, so, disclaimer there, I just want to say, yeah, absolutely. I love 80s music. I, I, I'm not putting it down at all. But I was, you Any know. Any members was, of
0: Duran Duran listening, no offense. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> absolutely. I still think, still think they're, the you know, love... Love the music, but I was really, you know, steeped in that stuff, Mm -hmm. and um, I will never forget it, Uh, Mr., I think it was Mr. Tantillo's eighth grade chorus class, this would have been 1985, and um, on Fridays, we could bring in our own music oh. to play for, for everybody, you know, just bring in our own albums. Now, looking back, I think this was really the teacher just sort of taking a day off. <laughs> 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 and, you know, just just letting us bring, like, oh, yeah, just bring in your own music to share with everybody, you know. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, this one um, student brought in a cassette tape of the Beatles' 20 Greatest Hits, Ooh. which was the only Greatest Hits compilation available. I think it came out in 82. It's yeah. long out of print. Yep. Long out of print. But that was it at the time. And so, she brought it in and you know, put it on. And for some reason, my ears perked up when eight days a week
0: came. Out. Oh, I love 8 days a week. Yep. It's one and of the first songs I learned how to play on the uh, 12-string electric. Really? Oh, yeah.
1: wow. It's it's just a, uh, you know, it was just so distinctive. I mean, it just yeah. sounded like nothing I'd heard. <laughs> you know, I don't know if it was the beat, um, it, you know, that that fading, you know, the the guitar fade in. Yeah. Um, it just grabbed me. Uh I I just thought, wow, this is really different. And that just made me want to uh, listen more. And so uh, after school that day, I had my mother drive me to um, the local record shop, uh, Chicago uh, Peeps, if you're uh, listening into this. Uh, uh, went to Rose Records, which was a big record chain here back in the day, and um, you know, got the cassette. Of
0: 20 Greatest Hits.
1: Of 20 Greatest Hits, that's right. And that was it. You know, I listened to the whole thing, and I just had to find out more. And so when you talked about the Capitol albums, I mean, yeah, that's all you could get back then.
0: Yeah. uh, Unless you wanted to spend the extra money on uh, the imports.
1: Exactly, and those were not easy to get back then.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was,
1: yeah, that was pretty tough. So uh, so I got them all on, you know, cassette, the Capitol albums, and so, yeah, so when we finally, when they finally came out on Compact Disc uh, in 87, yeah, that was quite a, a change to be like, wow, now I have to get used to. <laughs> yeah. Wait, why does Rubber Soul start with Drive My Car? I know, that was weird. I mean, that really took some adjusting i really did because yeah i told i grew up on on the other you know and i it was uh it, it was just so strange but uh, yeah so that's that's how it, it happened and i just had to you know and yeah and, and also i was like you know where's where's the hey jude compilation you know mm-hmm. i mean it was yeah. stuff like that
0: so that's how it started. It, when I really think about it, those two, Hey Jude and 20 Greatest Hits, are weird little compilations. Yep. Because, well, 20 Greatest Hits, they have the weird shortened version of Hey Jude with, like, four minutes chopped off. Mm-hmm. So they could fit, like, 12 songs aside. Yep. <laughs> And then just the track listing for Hey Jude is just weird. Yeah, it really is. It's uh, I should have known better. And then like Old Brown Shoe. <laughs> it was. It was. It, it just kind of like
1: okay, we don't really know. We'll we'll just sort of throw all these songs on this one. You know these left quotes leftovers on this. You know one album and mm. yeah, made no sense. Yeah. But that's what I was, quotes,
0: raised on. Yeah, Yeah. that kind of leads beautifully into my, kind of, second... uh, So, I I don't really have questions, I have kind of, like, ground posts to keep the conversation moving freely. Sure. What was, apart from 20 Greatest Hits, what was the first Beatles album you heard?
1: Gosh, I'm trying to remember. It was probably, I'm guessing it was an early one uh, because I, I think that's how I started out. Because I remember the later ones being kind, sounding kind of weird to me at first. So I'm guessing. Hmm. I'm wondering if it was Hard Day's Night. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it may have been that. I'm not a hundred percent sure, <laughs> um, but um, I but I I know it was an early one. Uh, I I think it was Hard Day's Night because that really um, that further you know grabbed me. The the early stuff in general appealed to me when I was starting out as a Beatles fan. I think I just loved the you know, upbeat kind of sound and, and, the you know romanticism of you know if I fell
0: mm-hmm. and songs like that, which that, I still love. That was my dad's favorite Beatles song.
1: Uh, oh, really? It's it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean i
0: I loved it to, you know
1: immediately too.
0: I was and, never a big fan, but now whenever I hear it, I think of him.
1: Oh wow! Oh, that's that's neat. But yeah, it's it's just uh, you know, and of course, being a teenage girl, um, you know, of course, those kind of songs are are going to you you know, appeal to me, and uh, and I love the energy of a hard day's night. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, how, how can you not? And uh, the um, and I mean, just the other songs, they're they're they're. You know, I, I, we all should have known better. And, and can't buy me love. I mean, it's, it's
0: happy just, just to dance with you.
1: Yeah, happy just to dance with you. I mean, they, they're just timeless. And uh, and I, as I said, they're just so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I think that just grabbed me it you know immediately and so that's why it's it's funny as i went on and then i started you know going into the later ones so like hearing the white album Mm -hmm. for the first time you know when i was a kid i i remember it took me years to really appreciate that album Mm -hmm. because you know hearing helter skelter i was like what is this (laughs) i mean (laughs) you know after hearing you know the uh, can't buy me laws and oh this is so fun and, and then you know hearing that or, or revolution nine or, God, wild
0: yeah, or wild honey pie
1: yeah wild honey pie or I it's mean, like a
0: magical mystery tour straight to hell yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. it's like have you ever wanted yeah. to know what a bad trip feels like <laughs> let the fab four walk you through
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, when you're just starting out, you know, as a, you know, like you're in eighth grade or freshman high school, you're just like, what is this? This is the same group? So,
0: (laughs) since you are the queen of all Beatles media, would you consider yourself a collector?
1: You know i'm I'm not really i'm I'm not a collector of memorabilia. I was never really into that. I mean, it's fun. I, yeah. I appreciate
0: people who are into that. I I'm maybe more, more so the media.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm more like like I when I started getting like I'd say in college. I started getting more into like bootlegs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, I, I discovered the magic of bootlegs and, and things like that. So you know, I'm more into that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I mean the collect you know, collectibles are fun. And all that stuff. But I'm more into the music itself. I mean, I love collecting that kind of stuff. Bootlegs, alternate takes. Yeah. Um, I, I do like to collect, of course, like, you know, when the box sets come out and that kind of stuff. Of course I'll do that. The McCartney archives, and you know, but... But that's as far as, as I go. Like when the, you know, like Tom, our, our buddy Tom Hunyadi, you know, and I kid him about this, like he'll get when like a Ringo album will come out in different color vinyl. He'll get every color vinyl. i I don't do that <laughs> that is <laughs> that's not my thing
0: see I wouldn't do that i I may not even get it at all because yeah, it's of Ringo. I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah exactly but, but I mean you know that's a that's an area of, of collecting and and that's that's great you know they're all different areas that's just not my thing I'm more into the music itself
0: I used to be more like that but mm-hmm. then something happened and that something was the Egypt station album.
1: Oh, yeah. Where
0: like 47,000 versions of that album came out.
1: Yeah. And so I I just just kind
0: of resigned myself, like, nope, I'm just getting one. Yep,
1: exactly. I mean, I don't
0: even like this album very much. Why am I even buying one copy?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I admit I do have the, although that came with the concert tickets. So I will say that, that, and that was smart of them to do, that Mm -hmm. if you got. You know, tickets to see a show. You got a free copy uh, or included in it. I guess it wasn't exactly free, uh, mm-hmm. but a copy of of the album. And then I did you get got a free target, copy of said.
0: Egypt Station. Only had to pay three hundred dollars. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. No, not exactly free, was it? Um, and then I did get. I admit, I got the Target version because it had the extra tracks. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, okay, I'll, I'll admit it. But <laughs> I will do that sometimes if if there are some tracks that I care about. You Although know, getting but but no i will not get like 10 configurations i mean yeah, you, you have to
0: stop somewhere <laughs> i i will admit i am not as good i don't practice what i preach yep. uh, when the uh, abbey road reissue came out mm-hmm. i thought okay i'm just gonna get the uh the three lp box set yep and then i was in the states in florida and i saw the target one with the t-shirt and like Okay, I guess I'll get that. Then I got the picture disc. <laughs> and um, when that singles box came out last year, I was so mad. because mm-hmm. it's like, oh my God, they're just milking this catalog for money. Of course, mm-hmm. I already had it in my Amazon pre-order by the time those <laughs> words could come out of my <laughs> mouth. It's like I don't yep. like ha- I don't like buying it, but I will. Mm-hmm. That's it,
1: exact exactly what I did. It was so funny. I was yeah. Last year I'm like, that's it. You have to put a limit. You yeah. know, you have to put a limit on things. This is ridiculous. And then uh, Mitch Axelrod, I'm sure yeah. you know him, uh, he Fab uh, Fab for Free for All host. Oh, he posted on his Facebook page that I forget what. Oh, you discover music a website. Yeah. They were having a huge sale on it. They had marked it down. I'm like, okay let's order it
0: <laughs> I'm I'm a member I don't post but I'm a member of the uh, internet Steve Hoffman forums oh yes yes and they I know that. they had predicted this box set they had some sort of insider months before um, it came out so I kind of had the foresight to save up to yep. get the box when it came out because I I already knew it was coming out
1: yep exactly so but it's so funny yeah we you know it's it's like a
0: i don't know i I, universal has a money printer yeah (laughs) the beatles catalog is a money printer they could release that same box set with different picture sleeves in it sell it all again to the same people who bought the last one and (laughs) they would probably make as much money as they did Exactly, and it's yeah.
1: and it's just so silly because, as you said, you know, every time something new comes out, you know, I'll do that. Like that's it, you know. I can't keep spending money on this. I already have a lot of this stuff. I, you know, you have to cut it off somewhere. And as, then, like,
0: I already yeah, had the it. Beatles UK singles from like 1978. The the
1: box set. Oh so right! Like, I yeah. don't even
0: need this. I know, <laughs> and then. You cave in. Yeah. I, I didn't have enough time to process those uh, do not buy thoughts because yep. my uh, instincts just kind of kicked in and I blacked out. Yep. <laughs> Amazon <It's>, Prime <laughs> one day yep. shipping.
1: It, it really is. I'll tell you, it, it is, you know, Beatles fandom and, you know, no matter what you collect, whether it's the music, whether it's memorabilia, you know, it's it's an addiction, you know. Oh, once you, it is. Once you get started, you're you know you just you just can't stop. Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, th- th- you're making me self reflect, and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> It's true Now I'm realizing how much my my morals have shifted When it comes to record collecting Because at first all I <laughs> wanted was just a set of British Beatles mm-hmm. albums Don't really care all right. about the details Then I got yep. them And I'm like, okay, now I want original British Beatles albums mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, I want original mono British Beatles albums
1: Yep That's how it starts Yeah <laughs>
0: That's how it all starts. And then next thing you know, you're at some shop in New York City buying a bootleg called The Beatles versus the Third Reich.
1: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I'll tell you a funny story. For the folks at home, that's
0: a real bootleg.
1: (laughs) Oh yes, I've heard of it. I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, it
0: it cost me sixty American dollars, and I bought it basically for the cover. It's just like a crappy recording of the Star Club show. Worth every penny. <laughs> Cause I, my friends come over and like you want to see something weird, mm-hmm. and I just pull out the Beatles versus the Third Reich, and it takes oh. them a minute to process. Yep, because <laughs> they think it's like real. Like, wait, what? The Beatles did what?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, and and you know that it's you know. You, you've gone to another level when, you know, I, I remember when, um, oh, gosh, this has got to be oh over 10 years ago easily. Uh, well, probably more 15, you know, uh, now when at BeetleFest, uh, you know, eventually, you know, they used to sell bootlegs in the marketplace, mm-hmm. you know, the Beatles marketplace. And they finally had to crack down on it when Apple um, sent Mark Lupitos, you know, the founder, a letter mm-hmm. and said... We know you're, you know, we know this is going on. Cease and desist, you know, or we'll shut you down. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so bootleggers were kicked out, and so a couple of them just set up shop in their hotel rooms, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, in that way, I think Mark was able to say, hey, you know, they're not dealing. You know, on the premises of the fest, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't stop what they're doing in their rooms. So, (laughs) you know, so it became a thing that you would, if you were at the fest, and you were interested in that you had to find out where the room was. Does that still (laughs) happen? I don't think so uh, last couple of fests I've been to I haven't heard anything about the room yeah. but but uh, but I just remember you know I just thought wow this is a whole new level in, in our like collecting and everything but you know I remember the first time I went to the room and, and oh you know, here's everybody you know we're all like in this room at you know the and the door was closed and we're all hunched over like these you know, and beds and <laughs> you know and everything's laid out in the beds you know, all these boxes with the stuff and you know you know and we're talking about you know you have the good stuff <laughs> i mean it was just it was just surreal like wow this is you know like the next <laughs> level of <laughs> that fandom. that
0: that is just fantastic yeah. it's it's really kind of shocking how not entirely dissimilar the worlds of beatles record collecting and drug dealing are yeah exactly. yeah it's like yo man you got the good stuff yeah 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 i got well, like yeah i got the beatles live in adelaide 1964 you yeah.
1: want it it's good well, shit yeah right. well i don't know if you do, um, do you know uh, susan ryan
0: yes she's actually uh going to be the guest either i think it's the week after next.
1: Oh great. Oh, she'll be terrific. well she she tells this funny story of how um, yeah, one of our our boot, uh, bootleg friends who used to come to the fest and and he would deal, you know, he was one of the room dealers and, and just he was the sweetest guy. And uh, Susan brought her mother a couple of times to the fest. and so um, you know, she, they were walking in and here comes Glenn, the, you know, and uh, so Susan introduces Glenn to her mother and said, said, uh, uh, Mom, this is uh, Glenn. He's my dealer. You know, <laughs> he gets the good stuff. And the mother looks wide-eyed and she's like, bootlegs, Mom, bootlegs. <laughs> So, you know that's that's what it's this hobby is. I mean, it's it's just really funny
0: <laughs> <laughs> Again, i I actually, if the room stuff still goes on and the Beetle Fest doesn't get canceled this August, yeah. I hope there's someone at the Chicago Fest with a room. yeah, and if there yep. is, you have to show me where the room is, kid. okay. <laughs>
1: I'll find out. Yep, I yeah, I I hope there is cuz that was a really fun, you know, tradition plus, you know, you could get the good stuff. But oh, it yeah. really but there really was good stuff. I it's it, you know, you could find some wonderful um, you know, good copies of like She Stadium and, you know, things like that.
0: That just uh And we're not um, talking CDs here. We're talking LPs.
1: Uh, so sometimes LPS yeah he had some LPS but some were get you know CDs, DVDs yeah. um, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um but um you know kind it, it, it that was the other kind of fun part of going there you never knew what you were gonna find mm-hmm. I mean you just didn't know what he was gonna have yeah so you know so yeah I hope yeah hey I hope the Chicago fest is happening yeah. um you know that's of course kind of. You know, uh, up in the air. Just have to kind of keep our eyes and ears open. But uh, but yeah, I hope there's a room there. I, I'm not sure if there will yeah. be, but uh, but it was that was part of the fun.
0: I had but. such a great time at the Chicago Fest. Oh, I'll I tell you, I had it's a fun time. Uh, such a depressing year and a half before the mm. fest, and that was the first time I had felt pure joy uh, since my dad had passed away. Oh, and sorry. I even stopped Mark Lapidus on an escalator and told him, like, thank you. You don't know how oh. much this has made me happy.
1: Oh. oh, I'm sure he loved that. Was that your first fest?
0: Yeah. And it really oh. made an impact uh, how all the people like you and Susan mm-hmm. uh, and Sarah Schmidt... Oh, uh, sure. Were oh, so nice and welcoming to me. Like, it really um, made me feel like I was a part of something. And it stuck with me.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. I'll tell you, you know, and, and that's the thing. I mean, when I started going to the fest in probably, yeah, I was in college. For sure. And I had a very similar experience, um, you know, going to the fest, you know, you're, yeah, you're just like, wow, there are other people, you know, that are as passionate about this as I am. I mean, you know, and, and yeah, as you said, people are really nice and, and really welcoming there. And, you know, it's just so fun to, to be with people who, you know, are as interested as you are and, and, you know, you have
0: some wonderful conversations about oh. the music and you learn stuff stuff. I- I had and a, more than a few people come up to me saying, you remind me of myself in 1977 when I yep. came to my first fest. Yep. Absolutely. One thing that really sticks out, there's a couple memories of Beetlefest, uh, being Mark Lewis and Stalker for the weekend, trying yeah. to squeeze all the Beatles information I could out of him. Sure. I even had him sign one of my books twice. <laughs> I made him write a little... Uh, Footnote about Carnival of Light in the recording sessions book because cool. I really wanted to know more about it. Nice. And uh, there's, for some reason, I found Wally kind of intimidating. Oh yeah, oh
1: he's oh he's a great guy. He's not.
0: He's, yeah, well, he's not. Well, it's kind of scary when you're up there trying to buzz and oh, yeah. then he's staring into your soul. <laughs>
1: Oh, he's a pussycat. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I know, this, it's a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah. I know in those, those... And then trill- the last protests, yeah. memory I, I'll share before I'll go back to you, because this has gotten very narcissistic for me, no, rambling no, on no. about myself. No, no. Um, there was a fella called, uh, I don't know what his actual name is, uh, Night Rainbow, I think his name is. I huh, don't think I know him. He he showed up at the trivia thing and um he won. Um but there was something slightly off there. Uh-huh. Like yeah. have you like you know the term acid casualty? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind yes. of what came to mind. <laughs> yeah you, going you, by you. the name Night Rainbow in 2019. I was, yeah, I was gonna say that's kind
1: of your first hint yeah <laughs> if that that a name like that yeah yep yeah. yep you, you know most I mean the the vast majority of people there are fantastic. They yeah. really are and again and, yeah there's some that um, you know they uh, they never quite left the 60s in a way let's put it that way
0: i've heard it said like if you remember the 60s you weren't there yeah exactly
1: and there were some that you you know not again not very many
0: yeah but just sometimes
1: you see someone where you're like
0: yeah i don't think they remember the 60s (laughs) the only negative thing about the fest that i can remember was um I'm not going to say his name, but a certain member of Wings was not very nice to me. Oh, I'm sorry about and that. And I'll, I'll just say it wasn't uh, Steve Hawley or Lawrence Juber. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. He, he had himself set up in a separate room with a security guard. Yes, now I know. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. it's. Do mm-hmm. you really think someone's going to break down the door to get to you, former <laughs> member of the Moody Blues? <laughs> well, one thing I can say is I almost knocked down Billy
1: J. Kramer once. Oh? <laughs> please elaborate (laughs) it was of course a complete accident but i think it was yeah it was in new york it was at the new york fest and i was um if you're you know a guest if you're a guest speaker and all you get to go you can sit backstage if you want to at the night you know evening concerts and in the ballroom and so that's what i was doing and um i don't know if you know uh, uh rob leonard he's um one of the co-hosts of the Fab Four free-for-all. Um, he doesn't come to the Chicago fest he's he's usually just at the New York fest great uh, I, guy. I don't think I would have met
0: him then oh
1: yeah you yeah he he wasn't at the Chicago fest and and uh, really really nice guy and he hosts uh, a weekly uh, radio show uh, out of uh, New York uh, uh, Beatles songs and so um, you know we had been hanging out a bit during uh, the weekend and so he had asked me if uh, would I mind doing um, like a Oh, I forget what they're called now. But basically, you know, recording rights say, "Hi, I'm Kid O'Toole, and you're listening to Rob Leonard's Beatles songs." You know, one of those, like mm-hmm. a you know, station promo or something. Yeah. So after the concert, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, sure, no problem." And so, um,
0: was the, that when we, you rammed full speed into Billy J. Kramer? Well,
1: kind of. What happened was, so Rob was backstage with me, and so he said, "Hey, after the concert's over, why don't we step?" You know, there was a doorway, and uh, and it went out into sort of this, you know, this long hallway that, like, I mean, it was like a labyrinth um, of, of hallways behind the stage. He said, we can just step out here and do, you know, it's a little quieter, we can do the promo. So, fine. <laughs> so, the, the um, you know, show was ending, and everybody was walking off the stage, including Billy J. Kramer. Now, in my complete defense, it was really dark. <laughs> Backstage. Really dark, and there were a lot of chords. They around and, and blame
0: it on them, the cords, Kit.
1: Yep, and they were not taped down properly. So I'm like trying in the so there's this crowd. It's dark. I'm trying to find the door, and of course, I do like a pratfall-worthy trip over one of these cords, and Billy broke my fall. <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> and he turns around and, you know, and of course, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and he just looked at me in and, and, and astonishment. <laughs> and, and thank God I didn't, like, knock him down to the ground or something. Yeah. So uh, in your
0: years of the Beatlefest, did you ever uh, get into another round of fisticuffs with... Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, a famous Beatles person, like, did you and Klaus Vormann throw hands?
1: Oh, no, we never, no, we never threw down or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have met him a couple of times, though, at the fest. Yeah. I,
0: I really want to meet him.
1: Yeah, he's very, very nice, very, you know, kind of reserved.
0: And, yeah. and uh, He's German. You know,
1: yes, exactly. So he's kind of reserved, but he's very nice. I yeah. mean, he's just kind of formal. Yeah. You know, as you kind of would expect.
0: Yeah. Although but, with but, him, I wouldn't really even want to talk about the Beatles. I'd want to talk about, uh, he was the bass player in the second version of Manfred Mann. Oh, right. Yeah. And I love the second version of Manfred Mann
1: mm-hmm. with,
0: uh, like, the Mighty Quinn, Ha Ha oh, Said right. the Clown. Yep. Uh, absolutely. You know, There's
1: so many things you could talk to him about, and yeah, about man. his artwork, and about, you know, I mean, absolutely. Like, yeah, he, he's one of He one produced of those
0: that games. song, The. Uh, Da, da, da. Oh, yeah, trio.
1: A trio. Exactly. I mean, really, he's one of those guys Yeah, when you meet him, a the, the, the couple of times I've met him, I've kind of frozen a little bit. You know, it's when I met him, you just kind of feel like you just, there's so much you want to ask him and want to talk to him about. You just are like, mm.
0: oh, <laughs>
1: you know, me, I'm like, oh uh what do i say that was kind of
0: how i was with mark lewison
1: yeah exactly i mean you just yeah, you kind of freeze i mean it's really uh really funny but yeah nice nice guy yeah definitely you know i'm I'm glad i didn't realize that was your first fest so that uh you know that is so cool i'm glad you got to
0: one i hope that
1: won't be your last i mean you hope you'll keep on coming
0: not if i can help it good good i i got the bug yep and Absolutely. this time I, I'll bring more money to spend yeah. at the marketplace. Absolutely. Because I don't think I had ever seen a butcher cover in the flesh, let alone seeing twenty five in the same room. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> yep, you're you're gonna see. Just be careful. Uh, yeah. you know, gotta make sure it's a legit one.
0: Well, I you know. You know, you look to see if there's the V on the cover. Right. And yep. It, and if they were trying to sell one so mint uh it if it was like you know 500 bucks i would know okay that's a fake there's no way it would be in that good condition for that cheap
1: yep that's right that's
0: right (laughs) anyways let's um this kind of actually transitions into the next question what does it mean to be a Beatles fan to you Oh, my goodness. That is a that is a big question. What does it mean to or be... I'll, middle- I'll f- split it into two questions. Okay. What did it mean for you back then, when you first were in your fan infancy, if I may say, yeah. and now as well-respected author and podcast host? Oh, wow.
1: Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, okay. So, I guess back... You know, when I was yes, a Wii, <laughs> a, a, a wee fan. Um, you know, it was it was about you know it, it was about learning. Well, it is about learning now as well, but it was about um, you know just just sort of learning about the music. Being um, you, you know, I guess it wasn't like is it, it didn't become. As big a part of my life mm-hmm. as it has become now. I mean, it was about just you know learning about their story and and listening to the music and and just learning about it. It was all new to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just this was all just a brand new thing to me. And it, it's and, all so
0: beautiful when it's brand new. Yeah, exactly. I long for the days when I had just. Discovered the Beatles. And...
1: Oh, absolutely! And my first Paul McCartney concert—I remember in 1989 you know, when he was touring behind Flowers in the Dirt. Yeah, and I mean the day I got the Paul McCartney tickets, oh, I was so excited. I mean, you know, and I, I mean, I'm still excited going to Paul shows, but mm-hmm. that very first one—I mean, that that was exciting, and it was interesting. You know, being in high school when I was still becoming a you know a fan and and you know my friends weren't really into this stuff yeah. um you know and i'm sure you you know you can relate to that yep. with, with many friends yeah and trying to to say to my friends you know you got to listen to this stuff i mean this is it, it, and i was just learning about myself and you know a lot of them were just kind of like whatever <laughs> you know and, and um although it was fun when george harrison had his comeback yeah. in uh, the 80s and then yeah then my friend started listening to like got my mind set on you and I would be like see <laughs> see this is great stuff now listen to what he did before yeah. but you know but it was it was just like constantly discovering um, new things, and it was great because on on top of that, as I said, George Harrison was coming out with new music, Paul McCartney was coming out with new music, so you know, it was uh, in an 87, you know, was celebrating um, the, uh, you know, 20th anniversary of Sergeant Pepper. 20 years ago today. Exactly, so there was a lot of, you know, stuff around that, and and, um, you know, but then as I got older and, you know, started um, getting into, um, I'd say, you know, graduate school and and all. Well, and actually, let me back up for a second. You know, I, I started getting inklings. I thought, I wonder if this is, you know, my, that this is just going to, it's going to go beyond just a little hobby. Because... <laughs> In high school, um, senior year, I was the editor of the high school paper, newspaper. And I wrote an editorial about my experience at my first Paul McCartney concert Mm in 89. And I wrote this editorial about it because it was great because I was kind of like, ha, I'm the editor in chief. I can write, you know, I can write whatever I want in this. So I wrote this thing. And, um, you know, shortly after the paper came out, uh, I was walking to one of my classes and a gym teacher who I had, you know, not much to do with,
0: you know, yeah. I mean, I knew I can him. relate I, with that. Yep.
1: <laughs> I was. Yeah, I was not a jock. And so uh, <laughs> the and so this uh, uh, Mr. Danko, I'll never forget it. Mr. Danko saw me in the hall and he he's like, can I talk to you for a second? And I thought. What, what's this about? And so he pulled me aside and he's like, I just had to tell you, he said, I read that editorial you wrote. And he said, I just had to tell you, he said, I, I loved it. And he said, it brought me back to how I felt. When I was a Beatles fan back in the 60s, and he said, you know, you're, you're, um, you know, writing about that show just brought me right back. And he said, you know, I can't, you know, it was just so, you know, well written and everything. And, you know, and you just, you know, you took me back and it just made me so happy. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, then thought, wow, my writing did that too? And. You know that kind of helped set me on a path with my writing as well as, you know, but it was kind of the first time my my hobby and my writing kind
0: of intersected. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, then as I w- got into graduate school and went on, can I just you know, jump
0: in here because oh, I'll, sure. I'll forget this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of the reason why I was such a Beatles fan, because you mentioned mm-hmm. Paul McCartney concert,
1: mm-hmm.
0: my my mom and dad saw Paul McCartney at Madison Square Garden uh, in April of 2002. Oh, yeah. So I would have been, she, my mom would have been uh, heavily pregnant with me oh, seeing wow. Paul McCartney. And she said I was kicking during Live and Let Die when all the fireworks were going off. Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah, but I still remember going to see my first Paul McCartney concert. Uh, I think it was Fenway Park, and it was magical. Yep. You except for the it. except for the drunk dude behind me who spilled his beer on my brand new concert T-shirt. Oh man, yeah. there's always one, at least
1: one in every crowd. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, other than that, you never forget. You 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 never forget the first time you see him live. I mean, it's it's a real as you said, it's a magical experience.
0: And I'll never live it down the second time I saw him, which was the last time. Um I was wearing my I have a Sgt. Pepper uh outfit, yep. like the blue one that Paul wore on the cover. Oh, sure, yeah. I wore it to the concert and mm-hmm. I he I know his guitar player for sure waved at me from cool. the stage and i think paul mccartney gave me like a an air fist pump cool and i'm never gonna live that down yeah, of course a so, uh, uh, beetle acknowledged my existence yeah <laughs> i am verified in the hey. eyes of god
1: <laughs> hey i remember that first time seeing him It was like we're in the same room I'm in the same room with Paul McCartney. I'm in the same room with a Beatle. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, you just, you're just, it's, you know, you just can't
0: believe it. It's just incredible. For some reason, didn't feel that way when I saw Ringo.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, that's the thing. I've seen Ringo twice, and he's great. Yeah. And and his shows are a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, however, they are like equal parts Ringo concert, equal part toto <laughs>
1: right exactly i mean it's it's a, it's a very it's a very different experience but they're a lot of fun i enjoy you know the both times i've seen them i've enjoyed it but yeah it's not quite the same thing no <laughs> it, not quite
0: with mccartney it was like i was staring into the sun yeah right <laughs> it's like this is the same man who wrote Sgt. pepper
1: yeah yep exactly i mean it's it's <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty astounding but uh, <laughs> but yeah so then uh, so as time went on um, you know then becoming a fan it, it, it you know the, the fandom changed that it started becoming you know it, it it really had a bigger influence on my life it wasn't just having fun and and having it be sort of a hobby and everything, Um, you know, I started going to fests and meeting all kinds of people and making friends who I never would have met Mm -hmm. if I hadn't been a fan. Um, I, you know, in 2000, I went to London and Liverpool And uh, never would have done that. Uh, Well, maybe London, but certainly not Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I I went to
0: Liverpool, too. My mom did that as a Christmas gift for me one year. Oh, nice. nice. And that's a great experience. It was was weird. Mm -hmm. Because uh, it's like, this is the Cavern Club. Or at least... Sort, or at least sort of where the Cavern Club used to be, except a little down the street. Yeah. Uh, yep. The whole thing's a tourist trap, but I didn't care.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, oh, sure.
0: Yeah. And the people there were so nice, if you could understand what they were saying. Yeah, but they oh, are... right, curious. you know, Scouse, they talk like this, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you look for the Be- or the Beatles Museum. Hey, Apologize yep. to any listeners who are listening from the United Kingdom. I offer my sincerest apologies from the Commonwealth.
1: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, it, but they are—they're very nice, and I—and I would love to go back. I went there in 2000, and actually, our friend Susan uh, was just there in January. Uh, oh. She and her husband went, and uh, and they were saying, "Boy, has it been!" I mean, it—it's really changed and and there's Mm -hmm. so much more to see and do there and they, they just had a blast. Oh, yeah. So... You know, so I I'd, I'd love to go back, but yeah, I never would have been there, you know, had had I not, you know, been a fan. Um, and then you know, I wrote my book, um, "Songs We Were Singing," uh, guided tours of the Beatles lesser-known tracks, um, you know. I so I became an author. Um, I you know then of course doing our video cast slash podcast. I mean, you know, my my life they really ended up having a huge impact on my life, and so be becoming a fan it not only did i become a fan i mean they they kind of helped shape my career yeah <laughs> and so it's, it's I, really, I hope they'll
0: shape mine
1: yes exactly well
0: you know this is this is a start yeah.
1: absolutely although
0: so, I, I i don't think i'm gonna go into the uh publishing world i yeah. mean well graphic I mean, design is my passion
1: oh nice well absolutely they that if that's, i could snag
0: know, a job at universal or apple i'd die happy just cool. doing like artwork for all the infinite reissues mhm there
1: you go i mean so that's the thing and and uh, there's a terrific book out there um by uh, a, a sociologist named Candy Leonard, she uh, has come to a number of fests, and uh, she hasn't come in a in a few years. But she uh, wrote a book called *Beatleness*, where she interviewed a oh. number of first generation Beatle fans, and she talked to them about the influence that the Beatles had on their lives. and And that was a point she made that you know there aren't many other bands, or I don't know if there are any other bands I can think of that really impacted lives as deeply as the Beatles did. I mean, these were, you know, she asked them about their political views, their, um, you know, and, and just all different ways in which the Beatles shaped their lives, their careers and, and different ways. And, you know, it's really amazing how how this one band ended up, you know, shaping mm-hmm. A generation in many different ways. Because,
0: like, the Stones didn't do that.
1: Not real. I mean, they're a great band. Oh, they are a great band. Great band. But, yeah, I I don't see, you know, them shaping views like that.
0: No. Yeah, it's just a completely different thing. All right. What is your favorite memory of... Uh, Either a memory of being a fan of the Beatles, or a memory involving the Beatles, or being around other Beatle fans. Oh, gosh. Oh,
1: okay. I've got one. Um, This was... That sounds good. Yep. The second time um, I saw Paul McCartney. Um, And this still ranks as the greatest concert I've ever been to. Was
0: this... uh, Nineteen
1: ninety three. This was nineteen ninety.
0: Okay, because that
1: darn Paul skipped Chicago in ninety three on that new uh, New World tour. So that naughty God Paul, he skipped scouse. us. <laughs> um, I could have I could have driven to Milwaukee, but you know. <laughs> but anyway, no, this was um, it was the last. Um last date on his tour on on the the tour that year. this was again
0: this was and I'm I'm blanking out on it was the flowers and the dirt tour. It's I think it was just called the Paul McCartney World Tour. I have the, I think, the tour book right. on my shelf.
1: Yep, I think you're right. And boy, when you look back, that tour book was free. <laughs> that, was, oh. that was just on everybody's seat. Can you believe that? Really? That was a f- it was a free book. I mean it was a it was like a magazine.
0: You're lucky you know. if you can get a tour book for like thirty bucks now.
1: I know. Can you believe it? On that tour it was free.
0: Although I, mean, I that- think it's good for the people who like tour books that mm-hmm. they're still like the cheapest things you can get yeah. at a concert. Because I, I don't like getting t shirts and stuff. But yeah. I, I always try and make a point of getting a, a program.
1: Yeah, the programs are yeah, they're they're definitely the best deal you're gonna
0: get. That's that's for sure. But, uh, and with the but stones anyway. I saw the stones and I got a foam finger, which is slightly different.
1: Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> I also, I got a, a book, a poster, and a foam tongue thing. Oh, wow. oh
1: nice. Yeah. <laughs> of course it's going to be Saw them a in tongue. a
0: crowded farmer's field in Aurelia, Ontario. Oh, wow. Don't know why they were playing there. Mm-hmm. I guess it was just so they could have, like, fifty, seventy thousand 70,000 people. Oh, of course. Yeah, and we were stuck in the parking lot for, um... I want to say... Four hours afterwards? Oh my gosh. Like, it wow. was gridlock. We did not move between 11.30 when we got back to our cars and 3.30 when we actually ended up leaving the parking lot.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Oh, I've been it not maybe not quite four hours, but I've I've been in yeah, I've been in situations like that. Ugh.
0: It God. caused me my uh nineteenth nervous breakdown.
1: Oh, oh I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there.
0: That's
1: that's one of my favorite stone songs, actually.
0: My my favorite is Have You Seen Your Mother Baby Standing in the Shadow?
1: Ah. Interesting. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Um, But anyway... A little bit of a deep cut. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit of a deep cut. It's very impressive. It's a great Um, song, though. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, But anyway, so yeah, so I was... um, So this was... um, in uh, 1990, I think it was in July, and it was the last day on on this tour, and it was at uh, uh, Solvig, Chicago, and uh, it was um, I mean it was a you know, huge, huge show, uh, and it rained for much of the day. But of course, because this is Paul McCartney,
0: the 29th of July, 1990. Yes, indeed. Yep. Yep. I, I just pulled it up the wi- right. Just pulled up the Wikipedia.
1: Yep, and. It, as I said, it had rained most of the day, but of course, because it was Paul McCartney, it had miraculously stopped raining, like right before the show started. And of course. I was on, of course, because it's Paul. Yeah. And I was on the field. Uh, I um, and uh, you know my friends and I were on the field, and I mean it was an incredible show. It had fireworks. I mean now this I don't recall before on on this tour that. The, the pyrotechnics were as big for Live and Let Die as they are now. <laughs> um, I, I don't recall that, but, I mean, they really did up the fireworks for this show. And I think it was because it was the last day, you yeah. know, the last uh, stop on the tour. And, I mean, he played encore after encore i mean we, and it was by this time it was kind of humid because it was it you know it rained and and all and so i mean when he came out after you know another encore and he would be like you know, you guys ready to rock i mean we were wilting <laughs> the feel. and you know and he'd be like you ready to rock and we're just like hey. <laughs> i mean we were just <laughs> wilting out there because you don't want fret- to say
0: to yourself yeah paul mccartney stop playing music <laughs>
1: Exactly. I mean, we were just exhausted, but yeah, exactly. What are we gonna say? No, get off the stage. Yeah. But, Boo! but I at one point, <laughs> but I remember at one point when he was doing "Let It Be," and I turned around and looked at you know at all the the um, you know rafters and all. I mean, all the the seats and everybody was holding up, of course pre-iphones and all yeah. real cigarette lighters <laughs> you know they were everybody was holding up and i think there were also they were selling like you know light uh um, flashlights yeah. and stuff
0: and I everybody
1: a, was i had a very oh, similar
0: ahead. experience when i saw him in hamilton yep, ontario I, except it instead of yep. lighters it was the cell phone lights and it looked, yep exact the arena looked like yep. a disco ball
1: Exactly. And I, I'll never forget that. Turning around and looking at that.
0: I mean the whole stadium like that and But I can't even imagine what it would be like instead of just static lights with like lighters. Yeah. To me these that just lighters. That yep. just sounds and beautiful.
1: It it was. It it was stunning. And I will never ever forget that. And, uh, and it was just, uh, it was the most incredible concert. I mean, you know, he played, as I said, until we were worn out. Not him. <laughs> we were. <laughs> the man's like the Energizer Bunny. He, he, wa- he is, and, and of course still is to this day. Yeah. And we, uh, the, it, it was just a night to remember. Uh, Speaking
0: and, of, what did you think of his uh, performance for the world concert thing of Lady Madonna?
1: Um, you know, it, it it was okay. I liked um, it. It was yeah. jazzy. I I didn't, I have to admit, I didn't love that arrangement. Um, yeah. I, I was surprised at first when he went into Lady Madonna. That was not... It sounded I, like
0: he was setting it up to be Let It Be.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he talked about his mother and everything. Yeah. I thought, he, oh, here we go, well, Let It Be.
0: I thought he was going to go into Come Together because he had said the phrase, Come Together. Like, oh, right. Oh, that is that what true. he's going to do?
1: Yep. So yeah, I don't think anyone guessed it would be Lady Madonna. But then when he talked about his mother, and then you yeah. know, and then they were showing the pictures of the healthcare workers, it made sense. Yeah, I mean you know, but uh, yeah, I wasn't insane about that arrangement, but um, but I gave him a lot of credit, of course, for doing it. I mean, yeah. you know, for taking part in, in that uh, in that special. But um, but yeah, and of course everybody talks about his voice, and, and I'm glad. I'm glad I saw him in the years where, you know, at the very beginning when his voice was still, you yeah. know, still really strong and, and the whole thing. But, hey, you know, he...
0: His voice was okay in 2013 when I saw him. Yeah. Wasn't great when I saw him in 2016.
1: Yeah. But, you know,
0: it's still better than not having him around.
1: Exactly. Exactly. He's still Paul McCartney. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, the man is in his late 70s. Yeah, he hasn't
0: changed the keys to any of his songs to fit the
1: voice. And I wish he would, because I, you know, people, I've mentioned that to people, and they're like,
0: well, that would really bother me if he changed the keys. It would bother me.
1: Yeah, see, I, I, it wouldn't really, because, you know, Ringo is done that yeah but and,
0: uh, that bothers me when he does it
1: really i yeah i don't know i'm i'm okay with it at this point it yeah. it wouldn't bother me that much i i think you know i would rather have him do that than
0: uh Although- and i
1: also think Although he I think needs,
0: Photograph does work better in that lower key
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, I would rather hear that than hear him like straining his voice yeah. And there are certain songs I think that he just can't, uh, Paul, just cannot do anymore with his voice And, and mm-hmm. needs to, you know, like Maybe I'm Amazed, I love Maybe I'm Amazed I, I yeah. absolutely love that song, but I just don't, you know, that is a hard song to sing It's yeah. very rangy
0: Um, And maybe that's why he hasn't done silly love songs since like the 70s. Yeah,
1: exactly. Love the song. Absolutely love it. I I miss it. But if he can't do it, if it's just too, you know, pushing his voice too hard, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't have to do it. I totally get it. Yeah. So, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's one very, very special memory I have. That was uh, really still stands as the best concert I've ever been to. And it was just a,
0: just a, you know, beautiful moment of seeing all the flickering lights. That was, that was wonderful. It does sound beautiful. All right. Since you're one of the smartest Beatles people I know, you know a lot about the Beatles. <laughs> Thank you. Pause for blush. <laughs> What is your favorite weird piece of Beatles trivia that you know? Weird piece of... Like, something that you can, like, pull out at random, just talking about Beatles trivia. Like, mine, I said this uh, to Ken, is Mm. that there was this meeting in 68 at Apple that John called an emergency meeting to inform the rest of the band that he was, in fact, the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Oh, yes! And, uh... He was he was stoned out of his mind, and then the meeting was shortly adjourned thereafter. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yep, I I remember thinking. Um, if you can't think of one, I've got an extra one. Just
1: okay, no, I think I've got one.
0: Okay, um, I might tell the extra remember, one anyways.
1: Oh no, I. I remember thinking um, when I was with um, uh, my friend when we went to Liverpool and we were sitting on um, the the tour bus, and I must digress for a second because this just shows what a, you know, I'm a proud Beatles geek.
0: When the tour bus pulled up, did did you do like a bus tour in in, Uh, uh, Liverpool? We had tickets to do like the Magical Mystery Tour. Yes, that's what Um, we did. But... We couldn't find it. Yeah, we had a hard time finding it. (laughs) So we ended up just, we were at the exit of the Beatles story museum. Okay. And we were just going to call a cabbie Mm -hmm. and ask him to take us back to the hotel. And then we asked him, do you know anyone who does uh, Beatles cab tours? And he Mm -hmm. just turned off his uh, cab light and he's like, I'll take you for a tour. Oh, cool. And so he took us all around Liverpool. Uh, oh, nice. Show, he showed us Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane and oh, everything. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But oh, I, I I, didn't get to sit on the Magical Mystery Tour bus.
1: Okay, so this so this was funny so I we did do the bus tour and so I I wasn't sure you know what to expect and when the bus pulled up and it was of course a replica of the Magical Mystery Tour bus, you know and it, and I mean it really was when it pulled up, I you know the friend that was with me, she was not a big Beatles fan. I mean she was being very nice and, and going along with this. the bus pulls up. And I wish someone had taken a picture of both of our reactions, like our faces, at the moment the bus pulled up. Because, you know, bus pulls up, I'm thrilled. I'm just like, oh, cool! Look at this, the you know the neon bus and this is great and i think my friend looked and was just like oh no <laughs> like what the hell is this so we get on the bus so as the tour is going on and the the uh, guy was uh you know the the tour guide was talking and everything and and the, and it was a full bus and i remember thinking at one point just randomly thinking i wonder if uh anyone on this bus would be interested that John's uh, one of John's former girlfriends Liverpool was Thelma Pickles <laughs> I, I just that name always stuck with me that John dated a woman named Thelma Pickles in Liverpool <laughs> I just love that name
0: <laughs> Thelma Pickles if you're listening <laughs> yep hit me up love uh, to have you on.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, I'm. I'm sure she'd have some good stories. Yeah, I'm sure she would. Yep, I just always remember that she. Yeah, he was dating a girl, but pre Cynthia, mm-hmm. uh, named
0: Selma Pickles. You asked for weird. Yeah. Weird trivia. <laughs> I'll, I'll give an extra bit, because my friend told me about this one. He's not even a huge Beatles fan, but he mm. told me, um, and I verified this, I you know, found it in a book, when the Beatles first smoked pot with Bob Dylan uh brian epstein smoked some as well and for about like half an hour he was standing in the mirror at the hotel in new york city just laughing his head off and yep. p- sh- pointing and shouting jew at the mirror oh jeez and he was like stoned out of his mind oh my god that
1: is so i that reminds me of another one that i think when the first time paul tried lsd That he, and I'm trying to remember if it was Mal, this sounds like something Mal would do, but I'm not 100% sure. That he instructed somebody to follow him around because he was convinced, Paul, that he would say some brilliant stuff
0: oh i I heard this in the anthology, yep. yep, I love that.
1: and that went the next day when he came down and he's like, "Okay, show me the paper and and it was I think the the, the thought was there are seven levels yeah
0: I just finished watching the anthologies yeah and um. I I absolutely lost it when uh, Paul had scribbled down on the paper, giving it to yep. Mal Evans, and he and Mal's like, "Hey, Paul, you wanna you wanna see what you wrote? That was so brilliant." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, there are seven levels." <laughs> and nothing more i love
1: that i mean i just love that yeah paul was just convinced that he was gonna say like some he was gonna have some brilliant thought oh i've had moments
0: like that too
1: yeah I just, oh, man. I just, yeah, I love that story.
0: All right, now it's time for, I think, my favorite part of the show, the quick-fire questions. Oh, my God. All right. Don't worry, there's not that many. Okay. Okay, what is your favorite Beatles song?
1: Uh, Tomorrow Never
0: Knows. Good choice. hmm And, oh, God. um, Hopefully, you will say something different? Because the last two guests I've had on have had the same answer to the next question. What is your least favorite Beatles song? Please
1: don't say Mr. Moonlight. Please don't say Mr. Moonlight. No, I Moonlight. won't. I won't. Oh, that's actually... You. No, I, I defend that
0: song. Oh, good. So do I.
1: Yeah, I defend it. I think that's one of uh, John's... One of his uh, most underrated vocal performances. Yeah,
0: actually. I love the droning harmonies and the... Like, Belting like, Mister. Yeah, the beginning's great. Yeah. I
1: think the organ.
0: Oh, I, I I like the cheesy organ.
1: Oh, really? You like it? That's the one part that I think if they didn't have the organ,
0: that maybe it would. It sounds it like be. elevator music.
1: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it's weird. It's I mean, <laughs> maybe if they had, not but otherwise, no. I I'm a I'm a defender of Mister Moonlight, so nope, I'm not going to say that. I think oh, I God. think it's unfairly dissed Um, thank
0: God because <laughs> I, I so, didn't want to go three for three. <laughs> yep. Uh,
1: so, yeah, probably uh, uh, Wild Honey Pie.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a fair one. Yep. All right. What is your favorite Beatles album? Actually, no, wait. Back to Wild Honey Pie. <laughs> <laughs> My friend, who is going to be the guest next week, mm-hmm. has or had a radio show uh, up in Huntsville, Ontario, and, you know... The show was programmed from a computer And he had like gone to the bathroom Or something or gone into like another office Mm -hmm. And while he was gone I had slid into the uh, radio queue Wild Honey Pie And so it played on the air In its entirety Mm -hmm. Unnoticed Oh funny Well well, he didn't notice until it started playing And he's like Ethan, (laughs) what did you do? (laughs) Yeah all right, what is your favorite oh. Beatles album? Uh, Revolver. That's the right answer. Good! <laughs> you know, I, I ask this question as an open-ended question, but really, it's there's only one correct answer. Yep. I mean, it's Revolver. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got everything that made Sgt. Pepper and Magical Mystery Tour great, mm-hmm. and it's got everything that made the early Beatles great absolutely now i love
1: Abbey road too i mean abby that's great my album. that's
0: my number two
1: yeah absolutely so i mean it, it's kind of a tough call but i would say no. revolver was like as you said it's
0: <laughs> it's where everything you know it's it's got my favorite beatles song which is she said she said yeah it oh hits, that's a great
1: song it too, hits but, me
0: on a deeper plane of existence
1: yeah really oh great song
0: <laughs> and finally what is your least favorite beatles album Oh, man. Um, and you can pick from either the British ones or the American ones, whichever you'd like. Okay, I'm trying to
1: trying to think. Because, um, wow, I'm trying to think least favorite. Because none of them are really bad. I mean, you know, there's not really a truly bad Beatles album. Except for know. Let It Be. Yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, I I guess, but even you know, even that's got you know some some great moments. I mean, I mean I it's a
0: thoroughly unhappy album. Yeah, to I mean, it's to. you
1: know, but even then, it's got some beautiful moments, like you
0: know, "Long and Winding Road." I, I'm a I'm a defender of that song. I, I, I think it's. See, I I can't stand that song.
1: Really, so I I'm, find I'm, it I'm dull gonna...
0: and monotonous. I will mm-hmm. change the radio if that song comes on.
1: Oh. Wow! See, I, I think same that, as the that, song
0: yesterday.
1: Yeah, I you know that that song. It kind of I'm I'm a little burned out on yesterday, to be honest with you. But it's a it's a it's a masterpiece of a song yeah. for sure. But it's just one of those that it's you know I've heard it so many times that yeah. um I mean I can sing the whole thing, but it's just one that I'm like yes I've I've heard this a lot, yeah. <laughs> but but I I don't hate it. I, yeah. It's just that. I've I've heard it. Um, yeah, I would say I don't know. Maybe I I, I guess maybe what well, I'm trying to think. remember. You can
0: also me... pick American albums.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm trying to decide because um, I always felt like um, well, I was gonna say Magical Mystery Tour, but there are. Ooh, some great I would have been upset if too. you said
0: that. Oh, a what? I would have been upset if you said that,
1: because <laughs> because I mean there are some moments that on there that I'm like, eh.
0: I prefer it to Sgt. Yeah, Pepper. Best-
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say this: Sgt. Pepper is. I think, you know, it's it's a bit overrated.
0: Um, it, it's it's def- in in hindsight, it sounds a little overblown and pompous.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, I would say. It's, it's definitely an album of its time you know yes. I it's it's historically important. It's a snapshot of the time. Do I think it's the best Beatles album? No no I mean it, it isn't you know and and so you know and it kind of makes me cringe when people still call it the number one album of all
0: time. It's not I, even I, the number one album of the Beatles Right exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. I mean, that's that's the thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I get why it's important. Yeah, you know, it's historically important.
0: But it's like the turning point where it went from pop to rock, and yeah, the genre exactly. changed.
1: Exactly. I and you know, and it captured a uh, period of time. You know, yeah. as I said, snapshot of the summer of love. Mm-hmm. You know, I totally get all that. Well, but, but the
0: thing is. I, I don't even get that argument, or it captured the snapshot of The Summer of Love. Because mm-hmm. when I listen to it, there's nothing particularly psychedelic about it, except for maybe Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, and yeah, that's Within You, lead. Without You. I don't mm. think fixing a hole, or She's yeah. Leaving Home, uh, would represent the beautiful people of The Summer of Love. Mm.
1: Well, and although A Day in the Life, kind of. Oh, that, I forgot about that. Yeah, A Day in the Life, I'd Love to Turn You On, and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. But, yeah, but I, I think, though, it is, I mean, as I said, it's a, it's a great album. I'm not, I'm oh, not yeah. putting it down. But it's, uh, but yeah, definitely it's my favorite album of the Beatles. But I'm not going to say it's my least favorite. Yeah,
0: because uh, that would imply hard. that it's not good.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's and And I don't think good. the Beatles
0: made a stinker.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. That's why this is such a hard question because yeah. it's yeah because it's they never made like a stinker. Yeah. Um, and it, now some people would argue, uh, "Beatles for sale," and I don't agree with no. That. That, no, that's an That's, album a, I, that's what I
0: think. I think uh, Ken said that one was. Mm. Wait, no, he said with the Beatles. I think my uncle Paul said, um, "Beatles for sale." Yep, and I've come to defend that album. I I love it.
1: Yep, I think you know. It's,
0: it's the Beatles murder. at their best and most burnt out.
1: Yes. I, I think that's the thing. People think it's, well, they're, you know, they're burnt out. but And they look like it on the cover. I get it. But, I mean, I think it has, you know, with songs like um, Eight I'm Days a Loser. A
0: week. Yeah, I, but Kansas City.
1: Yeah. I mean it's got some great co- you know great covers but it's got some great originals too like you know as I said babies in black come yep. on I mean that's a you know there's some great songs and I think it rep- represents the, the you know, very beginnings of them turning, you know, their their writings get getting more introspective and, you know, it's it's a like the first inklings of things to come. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a in a you know an important album in that sense too. So no, I I'm not I'm not one of those but and I know a number of people who don't
0: like that album. Yeah. yeah. Those yeah, people I are think. wrong
1: exactly as as I say you have every right to be wrong
0: yeah absolutely everyone's entitled to a bad opinion every night yeah and then.
1: exactly so I guess I, I guess I I would have to say with a lot of caveats that you know what it be in comparison is I is the weakest you know maybe weakest album with you know saying, for a Beatles album. Yeah. <laughs> because they never really recorded a stinker. I mean, it's yeah. it's amazing, you know, for all the albums they did that they had that kind of record that they never really, um, you know... Recorded a bomb I mean Yeah So I would say Yeah Also because of uh, Phil Spector's production I Yeah You know If you want
0: Not on all the songs But on a number Like I did not He sounds It sounds fine on I Me Mine Yeah but if you want to listen to Let It Be, either listen to the Let It Be Naked or track down a, a like a bootleg of the Glenn Johns mix.
1: Right. Yep. Or Across the Universe. I did not like Across the Universe until I heard the Stripped Down mix. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, this is a beautiful song. But is I that the felt-
0: one with the the birds chirping and the apple scruff singing? Yes. Yep. And I and I love and you know,
1: much love to the Apple Scruffs. I know oh, yeah. a few
0: of them and they're very
1: they're great. Love them. But I like the stripped down version better. I, mm-hmm. I thought that really captured the the song and I just I just thought, you know, the production on that was over the top, really mm-hmm. hid the, the beauty of the words, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, so I know that was supposed to be, ra- you know, qu- rapid fire, and oh, that wasn't exactly well, a that rapid was, fire answer.
0: I say rapid fire in quotes.
1: Yes. Because they're not
0: very deep questions. No,
1: that's right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I could, made
1: that longer than it yeah. had to be, but you know.
0: <laughs> so, Kit, is there anything more you would like to add?
1: Oh gosh! Well, I mean, this has just been, you know, such fun looking oh. looking back. I mean, really it has. I mean, it's been a lot of fun and and uh, you know, love just uh, talking about. Yeah, I, you know, and I know I talked to uh, talked to you about this uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, during our our conversations on Facebook, that you know, I think this is a perspective that you know we don't hear enough about the the fan perspective Mm -hmm. um and you know how we became fans and you know because each
0: each story is like a fingerprint everyone's got their own
1: exactly exactly there are no
0: two Beatles discovery stories that are the same
1: exactly and you know and how our our fandom has you know impacted our lives and and uh you know, and I just think that these are, are wonderful stories to tell because these, you know, they're important stories to tell. Because, I mean, of course, it's about the music and, and of course, it's about the history of the band. But I think, you know, there's more to it than that. And I'm really, really glad that you, you know, you're doing this, that you started this podcast and that you're allowing us to tell our stories and you're, you're telling your own story too, you know, which I think is, is wonderful. And, and, you know, and you're talking to, you know, you're letting different generations tell their stories together, which I, I just, you know, I just think this is a wonderful project. And I, you know, I I wish you all the best with this. Ethan. Thank you.
0: The best way you can repay me is, um, Inviting me to be a guest on Talk More Talk. Well, we're we're,
1: <laughs> we're well. You know what we're hoping uh, is we're we're thinking. You know, with the way Zoom has really taken off. Yeah. Um. we because right now, you know, we're using um, B Live, which is a technology we use. You know, so <laughs> we can broadcast on Facebook. Well, the problem is we can only have four people on screen at a time. Mm-hmm. but with zoom of course yeah. we have more people so we're thinking about switching over to that so if we can pull that off yeah <laughs> we may be having more guests in the future yeah. so i'd you be know? honored even oh, though i suggested well, it uh, well thank you well yeah I don't yeah,
0: hold my cards close to my chest
1: I know i i know that and, you <laughs> know. <laughs> Oh, God. And, you know, if
0: you want something in life, just go for it.
1: Absolutely. Dev game. Life's too short.
0: Yeah, life's too short. Oh, I just knocked over my guitar slide. Oh, no. It's fine, though. (laughs) All right. I'm still getting the hang of this. I don't... I'm, I'm I'm still trying to figure out how to wrap up a podcast. So... I'll say what I said last week, if I may uh, paraphrase from The Truman Show. Uh, good morning, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon and good night. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, thanks for listening. Ta-ta for now. Bye, kids. Bye, thanks for having me on. No problem. Bands on the Run <laughs> is produced by Ethan Alexander. Additional voiceovers by Richard from. From. This has
1: this been a Showtown production. production.